more in attention. I said, no, get your body up. <laughs> so I got up and I stood up and I opened my eyes and I began to walk back towards the entrance of the temple. And I thought that was kind of odd. Get up, get up, let's go. And so I got up and I left. And I looked around the temple and I saw it all in a different light. And it was really a beautiful temple. It's considered one of the most beautiful architectural sites in the world. This little temple, the Luxor Temple, on the Nile River. And for the first time, I could really see its beauty after seven visits there. So I walked on around. And as I was walking out the gate, I realized I was leaving something behind that I wanted to leave there. And that was my fear. That element of fear that had had such a strong influence in my life. And as I walked away and I was getting on the bus, I realized that I was leaving something that had been a part of my consciousness, not just in this lifetime, but for many lifetimes since that wall collapsed on me. And so... I was on the bus and people were asking me, well, how was it? Because I had told them why I hadn't gone into the temple before. And, and I was standing outside the temple and they'd all gone inside. And I thought, no, I can't do this. I got to go do it. And I walked on in. And everybody was kind of surprised. So they wanted to know what happened. Why did I finally come in? What did I experience? And I just didn't want to talk about it. I shared with them that whatever that was about, it's healed, it's done. And I just want to leave it complete. I don't need it to, to reminisce again. And that's something that's very important. Is when we do complete something, if we do finish it, don't reminisce. Don't romance about it. Don't have a romantic view of it. Just let it be and keep moving forward. Don't look back. And that is one of the key principles in the spiritual journey is don't look back. Keep looking forward. Keep moving forward. What's next? What's next? It's in the eternal looking back. What did I not do? What did I do? What should I have done? And constantly looking back that ever keeps us from being present in the now, present in the loving moment where God resides. And... So one of the spiritual principles is to ever keep looking forward and moving forward. Action, ever moving forward. Reaction stops you in your tracks and tends to make you look back to see what did I do wrong or what did I not do or what did I just do and what do I have to do again to get that. There's a story in the Bible having to do with Lot, a brother of Moses, who happens to go into a city and lives there with his family. The city is what? What city is it? Sodom and Gomorrah. They are in Sodom and Gomorrah and these angels come to them. And the angels say to leave the city because the city is going to be destroyed. Because no just man resides here and God is going to destroy the city because it is so unjust. And Lot pleads with the angel, please, please, if, you can, if we can find just ten just men, will, you, will God save the city? And the angel says, yes. God says, if you can find ten just men, we will not destroy the city. They walk around and walk around and they do not find ten just men. And Lot says, if we can find just five. And God says, if you can find five. And after a while, they're not finding any. And he says, if I can just find one. And God says, if you can find one, I will not destroy the city. But they did not find one. And so the angel said, leave now. Get your family and leave. And Make your way across the desert, across the mountains, because God is going to destroy this city now. And the angel said, as you cross 
and make your way from here. Do not turn back. Do not look back. No matter what you hear, no matter what you feel, do not look back. Keep looking forward and keep moving forward. But if you turn back, you will be turned into a pillar of salt. And that's the truth of it. We are ever to move forward in our lives, not look back. To be turned into a pillar of salt is to return back to that which is of the earth. We become a part of the earthly way, the earthly action. The earth is ever reminiscing, romancing, looking back upon itself and upon events. If you don't believe me, what is going on in the Middle East today? Right now, there is great separation between two countries, Greece and Turkey. Everyone in Greece must be Greek Orthodox, or you're not a Greek. You have to be Greek Orthodox to truly be a Greek. And in Turkey, it's Islam. Centuries ago, Turkey took over Greece and were very cruel to the Christian Greeks and forced many of them to convert to Islam. And once Greek, the Greeks gained their freedom once again from the Turkish Empire and their control, they began to attack the Turks. And great hatred resides there yet today. They're ever looking back to something that happened four, five, six hundred years ago. They're looking back. They're not looking forward. They're not moving forward. They're ever looking back. And that's what's happening throughout all of society in the world. We were in Northern Ireland when a bomb went off. Well, actually, we were in the southern part of Ireland when a bomb went off, and we decided as a group to go to Northern Ireland after this happened to just be present and to hold for people there, to hold the peace. And when we went into Northern Ireland, it was a very different place where in the south, nobody really asks you much of anything about yourself. The moment we went across the border into Northern Ireland, everybody wanted to know what religion we were. Were we Catholic? Were we Protestant? What were we? Because that's how they were going to define us. And we were either welcomed in this part of the country or we weren't, depending upon our religion. And you could feel the tension and you could feel the hatred and you could feel the anger. And they were living in the past and letting that control them. And they were really living in the elements of the world not of the Spirit. And that's what the angels were telling Lot and Lot's family. Do not look back because you'll turn into a pillar of salt. You'll become a part of that which is of the earth once again and not of the Spirit. And so that's always been a sign for me to not look back. And so when people were asking me, well, what did you experience in the temple? I didn't want to look back. I didn't want to reminisce about that and live in that energy once again or draw it to me once again or get caught up in it once again. I just wanted to keep moving forward. Now, when I began to, to share, to teach in this way, I found that the way I was to do it, the way Spirit told me, was to share my experiences in life so that people might find their experience, their truth, through my sharing. And I went, but wait a minute. You've always told me don't look back. Don't talk about that. Don't reminisce. And they said, in this instance, it isn't reminiscing and it isn't looking back. It's ever moving forward. And it's sharing in such a way as to allow people to connect into their own truth, their own understanding, so that they too can step forward and not look back anymore. And if you can share your truth and your experience and help people to look forward and move forward, then that is good. If you share 
something and you yourself begin to go backward and reminisce and pick up the old elements of the world and bring them back upon you, or if you help other people to do that in themselves, then we will come in and tell you to stop it. And you will either not teach anymore or you will find another way to share it. And so every once in a while when I'm up here sharing or in any kind of setting where I'm sharing like this, there is a part of me that shakes because there is that part of me in spirit that was warned, don't share your inner experience because the inner experience is sacred and divine. And don't share your experiences in the world and begin to reminisce on them and look back because you're only going to get caught up in them again. You're going to draw yourself to them or you're going to draw them to you and you're going to get caught back up in the elements of the world. And and I look at that and there's a part of me that sometimes like shakes a little bit going, do I really want to say this? And the only reason I do it is one, one reason only. When I'm up here sharing, I have an indicator that tells me am I on or off. And sometimes you've heard me even stop and say, wait a minute, we're going the wrong way. I'm not going to go there. There's a divine light in each of us, an inner light that is here for us to wake up into. That is the divine spark of God. Well, when I come together in a group, it is the group collective consciousness that I talk out of, that I share from. And I never know until the moment that the collective consciousness does come present what I'm going to say. I just look into it and there it is. And then I start talking. And it is the divine light of our oneness, that inner light of oneness that we are all a part of that is there in that collective consciousness that I look to. And as long as that divine light is there and present and I can see it, then I know I'm on target. But if that divine light begins to flicker or begins to fade away or move around too much, I know I'm not going in the right direction. And so then I'll begin to change it. I'll begin to share something different. And so that's my protection. And that's my guiding light in the room when I'm sharing. So as I've shared this right now, would you yourselves have something that you would like to share or ask a question about? Is there something in, a, in you that you would yourself like to share about fear, about sacredness, or a question that may have risen through this conversation so far? Right over here. And we're going to pass the mic so everybody can hear it. Uh, would you elaborate on discerning? Um, in my own case, um, two or three people have in, invited me, or well, circumstances, they're older, like 90 years old, or, to come and, um, and be with them. Um, and I'm trying to discern something you brought out. Uh, does it mean go to them inwardly or outwardly? And so I'm asking to elaborate on, of course, you just told us something about, but you then you're aware of the consciousness of the room as your indicator to whether to talk in a way to us. But... I'm talking about discerning whether to act outward or inwardly in in situations uh, for the higher good of of the person and myself. If I'm invited in the world to come someplace to be with a person or to be with a group, I will go where I'm invited, where I'm asked to come. If it lines up inside of me, I have to find if it lines up inside of me. So first. I look inside and I just see 
what it feels like or what it looks like. Now, when it involves something like you're describing, often it'll be more of a feeling. And it'll feel uh, as though uh, there's a calmness or a quiet or a peace or maybe an enthusiasm to go and be with them. Or it may really feel off. I can't line up with who they are or where they are or what they want. And so if that happens where there's a misalignment, I might call them and then ask, well, what is creating this want of yours for me to come there? What would you like from me or what would you like me to do for you there? And see if that clarity of information brings me more into alignment to be able to go there physically and participate. If it doesn't line up, then I might just share with them that at this time, uh, it really isn't lining up for me to be there. And I'll keep checking on it to see when that might happen. And uh, I appreciate their invitation and, and I will come if it does line up for me. Um, Usually, though, if I call and ask for clarification, that will then take place, the lining up of that energy, and I'll go and participate, and it's, it usually is quite a, a lot of fun. And oftentimes, I learn things, they learn things, it's just a great participation. So, I don't know that an outer invitation has to do with you going inside and doing anything with them inwardly. So much as if they've asked you on the outer, then check it out and see if on the outer, if that's where you really want to be, if it lines up to, to move in that direction. Does that help? And does yes, and does that also include checking out your immediate circumstances that might have resistance because of the pull of duty, so to speak? Well, yes. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Linda. I had a similar kind of ex experience. Um, I was up on Pine Ridge Reservation where Wounded Knee is uh, in a ceremony, and I got a vision at night about um, a, um, a knee sticking up, you know, and to make 25 red prayer ties and go to Wounded Knee, not really telling anybody about it. Uh, so when the ceremony was finished that I was in, uh, I did that. So I kind of stood there with my prayer ties, not knowing what to do, you know, kind of looking around, well, now what do I do? And so I just started walking down where, I think probably where the battle was, because there was a church there and a little cemetery, but that's not where I was told to walk. So I just started walking down there, and all of a sudden it was just like a movie, um, I was a, a, like a three-year-old little boy, you know, and you know how a toddler holds on to the mother. I think the, um, the, my mom was like about a teenager, like about 19, and there was just a lot of screaming, and you know, it was it was horrible, and um, she got shot. And I fell, and and I saw a right. Well, how they used to kill the babies was, they hit them in the head with the rifle butt, and I, I just saw this rifle butt come. I don't know if I can finish this, um, but I was I was crying for my mother, and the whole thing. But I can't talk about it much. But it was a it was a healing, you know. It was it was a healing. That's good. That's good. So how can you heal that inside yourself right now so that the the pain, the sorrow isn't there? I, I don't know. Because I can't talk about it without crying. One way to do it is, one, to love the person who held that rifle butt oh. and killed you. Love the person who held the rifle and shot your mother. Oh, I and never thought of that. Love the whole situation that led to that battle and led to those deaths. Love it. Just love it. And it doesn't mean loving as the world loves. Right. It's, it's becoming neutral with it. Now, it, 
that neutrality often is, is caused by forgiveness. It begins to stimulate neutrality and loving within us. So move into forgiveness with that. Oh. Forgive it all and forgive yourself. You may not even know, well, what am I forgiving? I was a three-year-old kid. There's nothing to forgive. Well, in that moment, you were fearful. In that moment, you were upset and scared. Oh, in yeah. that moment, Everybody was you may have put a judgment on the soldier that killed your mother. So, but it's not consciously here in this body. So forgive yourself for whatever you did, whatever you thought, uh -huh. whatever you felt. Forgive it all and bring it to neutrality. Oh, okay. And forgive your mother for bringing you there to that situation. Forgive your mother for dying even though she had no control over it, forgive her for dying. Right. Because oftentimes we will place a judgment against the person when they die, especially if it's a parent. How could you leave me? Where did you go? Why did you do this to me? You now, it all happened so quick that more than likely you didn't have all that running, but yet at some level it may have been. Uh-huh. So forgive it all. Because I'm very resentful of the... Um the soldiers that killed all those people. Yeah. So I, so I just put my red prayer ties. I hung them up for her. Well, see, resentment holds you from the loving. It's between you and God. It's between you and the divine in you. And that's going to hold you back from being in the full flow of love. Oh. So it's that resentment, that anger, that you want to neutralize so that it disappears and you and the loving in God can be one. And so when I see tears, when I see that energy kind of shutting down, that's something between you and your loving uh -huh. that is causing you to feel that. And so if you can go in there and forgive it and love it, forgive them and love them, and forgive and love the situation, you'll find that those tears won't be there and you can talk about it without that kind of reactive uh, oh, nature. Okay. Very good. Thank you. Yeah. And then Tucker. Oh, here comes. Oh, okay. <laughs> In terms of neutrality, um, I'm trying to learn how to love people and get into neutrality, not reaction. And it's when I can think about that that I can try to do that and uh, chant the tones and that kind of thing. It's in the instant that something happens. And what I've been dealing with, and I mentioned to you this to you this week, anger really does a number on me. And um, so when somebody all of a sudden erupts and is in my face and they're angry, it's hard for me not to react. It's very difficult to think about neutrality at that point. And later on, again, I can try to get into loving about that and forgiveness and everything else. But at the moment, I don't know how to, I just don't know how to react to that except to remove myself from the situation. Any thoughts about that? Well, but removing yourself from the situation may be healthy action, not a reaction. You've got to look and see when that takes place. Are you really in reaction or are you doing action right then? And I think that's more of an action to remove yourself from the situation so that you're not in it, so that you can get a different perspective on it, to me would be more of an action. Now, if you did it and placed judgment on them and did separation with them and got into anger with them, even though they were you were separated from them, then I would say that you were in reaction from the beginning to the end, that you're your removal was just a chance for you to go into greater reaction. But if you remove yourself and then look to see, now how can I be more neutral in this situation, I think that even the removal is a, is a neutral action. So take the judgment off of that and, and just begin to see, well, this is my first step in being neutral with them. So I don't go into reaction. I don't put any on judgment on them so that I can find that way of, of discovering how to be in loving and acceptance and forgiveness with them. Oh, Brian wants to say something too. 
We're, we're still on one channel, so that don't, that's another new thing we'll be having too. Um, anytime within ourselves, anytime we're with, within ourselves, if we have any kind of reaction about anything, um, you know, the first step is to remove ourselves like that, to go within so that we, one, get out of the space of where we're reacting or whoever that may be with when it's with an outer source. But even though it's with an outer source, it's really still within us. So one of the things I always suggest, and I actually do this as part of my regular meditation, is that just like tonight when we went into the meditation, if you're, you notice, always the first part of the meditation is going, one of the things I do is always first focus on going up into the source of loving. And then in that place of loving, then I will call forward these things inside of me where I go into reaction, whether it's with another person, a situation, whatever it is. And so I call that forward into the loving. So that way, when I look at it, I look at it in loving. And then in that, in that place, I just begin to put out a prayer saying, in, in other words, laying out my intention through my prayer, saying, Lord, I'm looking to bring loving into the situation within me. And I ask for your assistance and guidance so that I can bring healing, forgiveness, acceptance, loving, whatever all those qualities that come present in the moment I'll ask for so that I place my intention out there clearly. And then as I do, then that energy of that reaction, it creates a safe space by which now it can come up in a loving place. And so then by me creating that place of loving, I look at it and say, okay, what is this, what is this here for me to learn? How can I love you? How can I find a loving within me to love this part of me that is in reaction? What is this about? And usually there's three questions I quite often like to say is what, why, and how? And not always in that order and not always all three questions. Sometimes it's just what? What is this? And sometimes it's simply a name. So it's like, oh, this is about nothing comes to mind at the moment, so this is about nothing comes to mind at the moment. It's whatever's present. When I say the why, the why usually to me is to really say, what is the lesson here? So, Because quite often these things inside of us, there's something very valuable for us to learn in that experience. And that's all we have to do is be willing to look for the lesson. But I have found that the way to learn is in loving. So the lesson to me ultimately is always about loving. But if I approach it in loving, I'm learning how to love this other part of me that is separate from the loving. So I take all these things in the world and bring them within myself into the loving to learn from them, to grow, to keep getting the greater freedom. And then that other part when I said the what, why, and how, sometimes it's like, okay, now that I'm aware of this, it's still there. Now how do I really bring this into the loving? And then quite often at that point, it's usually just say, just love this. Just say, I love you. That's when I use a lot. I just look at it inside of myself and say, I love you. And when I really start to, I say that, I'm telling you what I say inside, but inwardly it's really, I am placing my loving, truly putting my loving into it. And as it goes into that, all of a sudden it begins, just like Jim talked about earlier, that thing melting away, it'll just begin to melt. And I'll feel myself flooded with the loving and then that thing inside of me that I was in reaction with will just melt into the loving as well. And quite often I'll have an awareness of what that really was about. And if I don't know what it is, it just doesn't seem to be revealing itself. I just love it anyway. And then in that loving, sometimes it will reveal itself or it'll just dissolve and I'll have no idea why it was there and it'll dissolve. But it won't matter because inside of me, it was brought into the loving. And so that way, when you begin to work with these situations, especially if they're repetitive, they come up over and over and over, that's letting you know there's something here for you to learn. That's one of the signposts that are pretty obvious to say, hey, this keeps repeating. It happens over and over. Those are the ones where I really know there's a karmic type of learning situation there. And those are the ones that I really just call forward to work with so that I really free myself and gain all the value that is there for me to gain because every time I've done that, there's always been very great value. And all I had to do was be willing to look at it and to work with it so that I could gain the value. And it would always reveal itself, sometimes right away, sometimes it would take several months of working with that. Not even necessarily every day, maybe once every couple of weeks even. Whatever, however it shows up, maybe it'd be every couple of weeks a certain person in my life I might only talk to them or see them every so often, but whenever I did, this thing comes up. 
So I begin to work with that inside of myself. And as I could bring it to the loving inside of me, now here's the wonderful part I like to call the magic. It's so fun that every time that I've been able to find that loving inside of me and bring that into that, my, my reaction, say it was with somebody out here in the world, whatever that was inside of me that reacted to a certain behavior or what they might have done, when I could bring it into the loving inside of me, all of a sudden I was in a different place inside of me. And so the next time I'd see that person, it would be different because no longer did I have that reaction out here with them. What was in here no longer reacted to what was out here because I had changed what was in here. And all of a sudden I could find a way to be with them, to communicate with them, to do differently with them as to what I was doing before. Because I was running my same habit of reaction before. And so my behaviors, my words, everything I do or experience with them was usually repetitive as well. But when I could bring it into loving and heal that, all of a sudden my my behaviors, my doing, my reactions, well, let's all call it pro-actions now, would be different. And different awarenesses would come forward of how I could participate with them, how I could now communicate with them. It would just be different because I changed it inside. And so that's really the key in all this, is to find a way to change it inside and change it through the loving. And in doing that, you will also find that it will change out here because you changed it in here. When you change it in here, the world will reflect it to us out here. This is called the land of reflection because it reflects to us what it is inside of us that we're to learn. And all we have to do is follow the reflection back into the source. And once you go to the source, like in a meditation, is where you'll wake up for the truth and it'll change it. And no longer is it this process of reflection, but it's of direct experience, which is that oneness of loving that we're always sharing about here. Does that make sense with all that, Sam? One of my another long-winded answers I'm like to do. No, Brian, it's good. Thank, thank you, uh, Brian, for your long-winded answer because it really, <laughs> it really explained a lot. Jim, thank you so much. It's always a pleasure to be home with you. Um, you really answered a lot of issues that I was kind of intellectually trying to work out and I never really get a clear answer intellectually it's always a answered by a question you know <laughs> and therefore I'm like shit I shouldn't ask at all but uh, you were talking about dealing with karma uh, you were aware of the fact that you had gone into the temple before but how do you suggest dealing with karma that you're unaware of but it still has a action in your life and still reacts and and when you're talking about stories, I've been invited to speak on a men's panel and to talk. It's a trauma panel, and the panel is about a lot of the people tell this story with great enthusiasm and great pain, and it's like, how do I go in there and participate with this where there's a healing? In in the world, it's that's how people do it. You know, they all get together and they talk about their problem and they say, wow, we had a good time, uh, or or something was accomplished. <laughs> We know differently, but then, you know, this is a community, for, uh, a spiritual community versus out in the world where, you know, they believe that giving it a name, like going to the doctor and he gives you this long name for this thing and you walk out and you're like, shit, now I know what it is. <laughs> it doesn't feel any better. But how do you suggest that uh, the thing on karma and how can I, like, be in the story but not part of it? Most of us aren't aware of the karmas that we're caught up in. Most of us are caught up in a lot of karmic patterns. And what are karmic patterns? They're unlearned lessons. They're unfulfilled actions that never got complete, either in this lifetime or another one. And they must be brought into balance. They must be brought into completion. And so often we're attracted into a situation we have no idea why we're attracted to this person or to this place or this situation. But that law of attraction is a part of the law of karma. So we're attracted into a situation, a place or a person to experience, to learn, to have an opportunity to bring balance to what we thought was balance, but we really threw out of balance. Because all karma is, is a matter of we entered into something and we threw things out of balance with ourselves and with others. 
And it's up to us to bring balance once again. We went into reaction, we caused them to go into reaction. And so now we have to go through this movement between us until we can find the scale is balanced. And then if we're lucky, we'll get out of the situation very quickly while it's in balance and leave it alone and not throw it out of balance again. So for most of us, we walk around the world never knowing that we went into this temple and, and this wall collapsed on us, but we're still living in the fear of it. So the thing to do is to look and see what's present. What's present right now? It doesn't matter really where this came from. You don't necessarily need to know the seed of the karma. But you do want to pay attention and see what is going on in me. What are my thoughts? What are my feelings? What are my actions? What are my reactions? Who stimulates this in the world? What stimulates this inside of me? How do I handle it? How do I not handle it? And begin to approach all of that differently. Find new ways of doing. Till you begin to find ways of bringing things into balance, into peace, into quiet, into fulfillment, into action rather than reaction. And so it's a gradual process. I wish it was done overnight, but it's not. It's done gradually with awareness. That's why I keep saying write it down. Get a journal. Write these things down. Pay attention to the gradualness. But pay attention to the shift, the change, the progress that is going on so that you can really witness it for yourself and see it for yourself. Because it nurtures you to step forward and keep doing more as you begin to see the progression. All of a sudden you see, oh my God, look at that. And there's an awareness. There's a, there's a new way of approaching. There's a new thought about these things. And that feeds you to keep on moving forward till you bring it into balance. Now I found for myself as well for a lot of other people that oftentimes it's after the karma is done that we'll have a dream or we'll have an inner experience in meditation where all of a sudden we'll see the past life situation. Or we'll see the past situation in this lifetime that was a stimulus for all of this. And that's a sign that it's done. It's complete. So you may find it works that way more for you than... Okay. Now, with the, the men's group, I think that's great. I would go there and I would be in the energy of it. I think that's a great place to be, to be in the energy of people's enthusiasm because that's really enthusiasm and that's one of the, the qualities of the soul, enthusiasm. So if people are there and they're sharing, not in anger, not in fear, not in panic, not in blame, but they're sharing an enthusiasm and they really get in touch with that energy and can share it, and move it and really move the energy and begin to look at it. Sometimes we've got to move it outside of ourselves to be able to see it more clearly. And sometimes we'll move our stuff and that'll move somebody else to move and share their stuff. And all of a sudden we'll go, oh my God, it's not just me. And then we begin to hear how other people have handled it or what they're doing with it. And we begin to see how to, as we bring it back into ourselves, how to do it differently. So that can be a very energetic process. And I, I, would, I would go there and just enjoy it. Even the tears, even the anger, even the frustration, the soul in that moment is enthusiastic in the sharing. That's why it's so energetic. That's the enthusiasm of the soul looking to find its freedom. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm? Uh-oh, another long-winded answer. <laughs> Amen. Um, I won't have to be real long-winded on this because a lot, of, a lot of what I would say with that is the same thing I just said before. Because all things, if we go to any person or group and if we experience ourselves being dragged down in an energy, is what can we do within ourselves to bring it into the loving? And in these processes, sometimes when I was learning how to do this years ago, even verbally when I was with people, I would speak it out with them and say, I'm experiencing this pain inside of me right now and I want to find a way to free it up, to release it and to move into the loving. And I would talk myself. It would be like a verbal prayer 
I'd be leading myself by laying out my intention of where I wanted to go. And as I was doing it, if there was with, with somebody that I was present with physically, I'd share with them what was going on inside of me and where I wanted to go. And I would ask them if they would be willing to support me in doing that, that I may, just by them listening, I may be able to find my way through it just from their support while they're listening. Or sometimes I'd ask them even for feedback or what they observed in me to support me to come into the loving. And so that way, you know, for whatever I might lack in awareness or loving in myself, I was asking, inviting loving assistance and participation to support me to come into that place. And once you know it quite often that the person I was with was going through a similar thing, so as they assisted me, we both would move into a greater freedom. And so that's one of the ways I would outwardly communicate and, and find that loving place inside of me with whatever was going on in the world around me. So that was just a communication technique I learned how to do to just bring myself where I was reacting out here to bring it back inside into the loving. Because I always found it's always reactions that go on out here that reflect what's going on. So if I could bring the reflection back inside by directing myself in there, and I found I could even do it with others with me where they could participate with me because I would ask them and I would invite them in with me. And if they didn't want to, then it'd be a different story. They wouldn't. And then I'd go off on my own and do it. But I would find that as people got my sincerity, that they would participate with me because something inside of them responded or stirred to realize, hey, there's value for me here too. And so that was an outer technique that I would use depending on if it was a challenging situation out here with others energetically. And another thing I just wanted to comment, this whole spiritual path that we're practicing here in Inner Light Ministries of meditation and going inside is exactly what handles everything we're talking about here. Most of our karmas are unconscious. And simply by doing the meditation, which is simply moving into a greater and greater loving, and the more we move into the greater and greater loving within us, that grace of God comes through the love and will just dissolve all these unconscious karmas. The only things that will come to our conscious awareness are those things that are lessons we have let to learn in awareness this lifetime. All the other stuff will be wiped clean just through the grace and loving. It's only that which we have yet to learn this lifetime for whatever reason of our soul's you know, learning and growth, will that come present into our awareness because that's part of how it was set up. And that's, one of the, that's part of the grace, if you will, of doing this meditation path is simply a meditation of loving. And in that frequency of loving, it'll, the frequency itself will begin to shake loose and dissolve all the karmas that are there um, on many, many levels, many lifetimes, that there's no need for us to have to have the awarenesses or to re-experience them. It's only the ones that are here to really teach us something this lifetime that there's value there that will come present in our awareness and loving. And that way we don't have to go looking. That if all we do is focus on the loving, believe me, it'll come up. The ones that we're to learn will come up. But if you keep moving and loving, they'll also keep going up. And so will we, because that's a direction of which we're moving. And all the rest, don't even worry about because it's being lifted anyway, because your action and your intention is one of going back to God in a loving like that. So that's the other part of it. <laughs> So, why don't we do a meditation just to close the evening? So, just close your eyes and just bring your attention to that place at the spiritual eye center, the seat of the soul. And just bring your loving awake and alive here at this seat of loving this true heart of loving that resides within, where our divine spark and the consciousness of this world meet. And at this time, we just ask for angels of healing and spiritual teachers of healing to come present within us and around us just now to bring forward the light of healing, the light of loving, the light of forgiveness, the light of balance, 
and to bring forward that consciousness into ourselves through the action of loving. So as you're seated here at the seat of the soul, just now, bring forward in your consciousness a person, a place, a situation where you have fear or judgment or in some way a reaction. Just bring them forward here at the seat of the soul and allow the light of healing, the light of balance, the grace that is the Holy Spirit to come present in you and in this situation and with this person and with this place and just to bring it into neutrality, bring it into true loving. See whatever tension, fear, judgment, whatever it is, see it melt away as the loving replaces it. Whatever the space was filled with before between you and the situation or person, now see it filled with loving. See yourself and the person, the situation filled with loving. And let the spiritual teachers and the angels of healing and balance assist you in this action and keep moving forward. And when this is done, bring forward yet another, another person, another place, another situation. And do the same action once again of loving, of forgiveness, of acceptance and fill the relationship with loving. And with yourself, love yourself. Love yourself fully. Love those things that you judge. Love those things that you fear in you. Love those things that you do not understand. Love your judgments. Love it all. Love yourself fully. Forgive yourself. Accept yourself just as you are right now, as whole and complete. And let the loving bring you into a place of balance and wholeness and holiness. And allow the spiritual teachers and the angels of healing to assist you in this action. See the light of loving surrounding you and filling you. Feel the peace filling you to overflowing. Know that you are now one and whole and complete in yourself. And in this wholeness, in this completeness, be still for a moment. Be still and know the voice of God.
And as you begin to bring your focus back into this room, bring the loving, bring the stillness, bring your wholeness back into your consciousness fully so that you can take that into the world wherever you go. So I have a very strange question. You'll hear you'll see why it's strange in a second. Who here likes jazz? Oh, wow. It is so funny because while Brian was talking, <laughs> this sounds very strange, but Louis Armstrong came in. <laughs> and he came in and he just was standing right here and he was listening to what you were saying and he got something. And he turned around and as he walked out, he began to play. Uh, and he walked down this way and went on out. And as he did, then these angels of healing came in and they said, let's do for them what we just did for him. And so I thought that was, that was an interesting way to close the evening. <laughs> but I got to hear Louis Armstrong walking. <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure what he was playing to tell the truth. But as it, as it happened, then I could see some of the people here, your auras were lighting up like you really liked the music or I wasn't sure what it was. So I thought, well, maybe they like jazz. <laughs> so. Oh, really? Well, thanks. That was fun. <laughs> Appreciate it. <laughs>